It's Happy Hour from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com, brought to us today by Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you like to drink at night and be able to think in the morning, one shot of Hangover Destroyer lets you have all the fun and no side effects. Google Hangover Destroyer to check it out, or if you can remember, if you haven't got totally drunk yet, go to hdestroyer.com. Also brought to us today by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or a doggy daycare center. I assume that's only for dogs, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care can be found at petitepetcare.com. Believe it or not, when you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail. They're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, in this case, we're at Wayfair on the new Ferret Street, Uptown New Orleans. Wayfair is a restaurant and a bar serving handcrafted food and spirits. Chef Kevin White puts fine dining into a sandwich. And if you're wondering if that's just some sort of bullshit slogan, let me just tell you this. Before he moved to New Orleans, Chef Kevin not only cooked alongside Mario Battaglia in New York, but here at Wayfair, he cures his own meat. And there it is hanging up in that little room behind us. This guy's really taking the sandwich to a whole new level here uh, at Wayfair. The bartenders also make a bunch of awesome Wayfair special cocktails, and they have a three-hour happy hour every day from 4 to 7 here at Wayfair on Ferret Street, where I'm going to introduce you right now to my fabulous guest sitting around the table here for happy hour. Sitting straight across from me is the wonderful Lisa McKenzie. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Glad to be here. Thank you for coming. Lisa's the founder and CEO. Are you the CEO? Yes, oh, that's quite a big deal. Top dog. Okay, the top dog over at Ula Bra. Ula Bra makes over 100 styles of bra straps designed to be seen. The company's motto is, we lift you up. Okay. Do. What do you think of that? That's clever. That's clever. The straps literally <laughs> lift a woman up, solving the problem of gravity women experience when they wear the dreaded strapless bra. Uh, Kelsey, have you got a strapless bra in your collection? Did you say can I or do I? Do you. Do I own one? Do I you do. own a strapless bra? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll get on to the minute. <laughs> Lifting women up is more than a marketing motto at Ula Bra. It embodies the spirit of Lisa's company. Lisa and Ula Bra produce empowering events for women where breast cancer survivors walk the runway as part of a journey toward health and victory over cancer. So, Lisa, welcome to a Happy Hour. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming across the lake. So, the headquarters of Ula Bra is across the lake in Covington, or yep. Mandeville, or somewhere. In Covington. In Covington. Yes. What does it look like, the Ula the Bra office? There's a lot of bra straps <laughs> hanging around. And Big, bustling. Uh, <laughs> Metropolis. <laughs> Lots of bra straps. Um, there's three of us who are in the office. It's about a 1,500-square-foot warehouse. Is it all, all women? All women. It's an all-women business, yep. the bra strap yes. is. You'd expect that would Yes, be and because I do the runway shows, I have a lot of our runway participants, the models, the cancer survivors, will come by and visit and are on committees to help us with future programming. So there's always all, all kinds of really positive activity taking place there. I have a lot of questions about cancer survivors, but that'll come up in just a minute. Let me introduce you, first of all, to Keith LeBlanc. Hi, Keith. Hey, how are you? You're Thanks the second person me. called Keith LeBlanc we've had on Happy Hour in about the last month. That would be my son. The other guy was your son. That's correct. And he's a lot skin, smarter than skin me. surgeon. He's a lot smarter than you. Absolutely. Does it skip a generation or what? I, I think so. Okay. Was your were your parents smart? Yeah, or no. The, no, they weren't. No, they were fine. They, they were. <laughs> I'm teasing. They were smart. I can't also. figure out now who's yeah. who. So you're the one who's not smart. I'm the one who missed. Exactly. Oh, that's, well, you look great, though. That's the main thing, right? There you go. You're, you're very handsome and fit. 
Yes. Do, you, do you work out or go to the gym or what? Cycle and swim. Cycle and swim, that's what it is. Okay. Love to cycle. Okay. So let me tell the world something about you. Keith LeBlanc is the co-founder and C you're a CEO as well. How All around what are the, the chances yes. of having two CEOs wow. right next to each other? <laughs> this is the incredible piece of programming. Uh, Keith LeBlanc is the founder and CEO of MHM Urgent Care. Oh, in 2006, Keith returned to his home in Hurricane Ravage, New Orleans, with a vision to make urgent care services available in southeast Louisiana. Good man. I've been to that urgent care place on Magazine Street twice. Very good. If it Dr. wasn't Aver, for urgent Dr. Peacock? Yeah. I don't know their names, actually, yeah. but it was they saved my life twice. Very good. Was that at the corner of... Um, it's right across from the boulangerie there. Exactly. Cadiz, Cadiz. 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 I think it's pronounced, yes. yes. <laughs> Are you, do you live on the, west, on the North Shore as well? I live on the North Shore as well. Hmm. Old Mandeville. You're in Old Mandeville and you're in Covington and you're both CEOs. Yes. There's okay, a lot are of talent up. over there. Th things are really picking up around here. Let's keep reading. So you opened Urgent Care. How interesting. Yeah, actually, I have to, my, my partner, Dr. Satanovich, had one. Are you a doctor? No, I'm a hospital administrator by trade. Okay. All my friends in Houston thought I was absolutely out of my mind to be moving How many back friends home. do you have in Houston? Well, not many left because I, no, um, I was in the surgery center business there. So, um, you know, Katrina hit. We thought there was an opportunity. Everybody thought we were crazy. Business has just been fantastic for the last eight years. Wow, that's a really great idea. I see now you have 11 urgent care centers across Louisiana and South Mississippi with several new centers planned to open. Three more this year. In all in New Orleans? Hammond, Covington, and Mid-City right on Carrollton and Bienville. Well, we're going to have to talk about, this, about how this all works, the, the urgent care business, in just a minute. Let me finish this. For his achievements in business and the community, Keith was nominated to the City Business Moneymakers Class of 2013. What does that mean? Um, Moneymakers Class, that doesn't sound too good. I, I think it's an entrepreneur. Um, it's n they try to recognize the entrepreneurs that have been financially successful. So, so there's a lot of money in urgent care? There is a lot of money in health care. Hmm, this is good to know, right? Truth looking at you thinking, I wonder if the guy could help me out. No, it's in, in recognition of MHM Urgent Care Clinics providing free diabetes testing. Oh, that, that's a nice thing to do. Keith was recently named 2014 Father of the Year. Really the, fun. I thought it was going to say by the Catholic Church, but it's by the American Diabetes Association. Really fun. The event was Father of the night. Year. And there were actually what, five they, what did they give you for Father of the Year? Um, I think the intent there is to create a fraternity of business leaders who have some, some connection to diabetes. Right. Um, so it's been going on for 60 years in other cities. It's actually only the second year here. But over time, they want you know fathers who are good fathers, but also have some connection to their cause with diabetes and, and um, just trying to get a fraternity out into the community. So if so I go to the urgent care, I can get free diabetes testing? For the entire year, yeah. So you can go into hmm. any one of our urgent cares on any day. Just walk in, and we'll give you what's called a hemoglobin A1C. It, it tests your sugar for the last um, 30 days. Okay. So it gives you an average. Um, we started about six weeks ago, and we've already identified about 250 people who had diabetes that didn't know they had it. Wow. So that's a great like a thing, like sort of a lost leader. You get them to come in, you get the free diabetes treatment, then you find out you've got diabetes. You're in a lifetime of drug needs. Then. Well, and, and actually, we Brilliant don't do idea. we don't do disease management, so we would refer them out. But we do so hope they walk in and go, "Golly, this is really cool. I didn't know you were here." Okay, so, wow, that's a very interesting business model. I can see why you're one of the 2013 money makers money of the makers, year. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. good call. Let me introduce you all to Truth Universal. Hello. Hello, Truth Universal is a New Orleans hip hop artist originally from Trinidad. Yes, sir. Come on. Who moved here at the age of four. 
So thank goodness you moved here at four, because now you can still say you went to high school here, which is the main thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> practically, uh, practically new elementary. Yeah, I would say so. But still, you, you weren't born here, so you, no, my you can't get it. But you, so but you went to high school, which is the key. That's the key. Well, which right? high school did you go to? <laughs> I went to McDonough 35. Well, that's good, right? Yeah, class of 91. Very good. Okay. McDonough 35. I'm, okay. I'm a little biased, but... That's meant to be good, right, Kelsey? What high school did you go to? Uh, C.E. Bird High School. Oh, you went to C.E. Bird in Lafayette or somewhere else? Shreveport. Shreveport. Mm-hmm. I should have known mm-hmm. that by now. All right. Anyway, listen, it was a few years later in 2000 that Truth released his first EPs, Put It On Your Mind, and Plantation Graffiti, The Naked Truth, Dressed to Kill. In 2008, Truth's debut full-length record, Self-Determination, was a critical and commercial success, launching a career that has seen Truth Universal tour the country, appearing everywhere from New Orleans, Jazz Fest, to Toronto, Mexico City and most points in between. Well, Toronto and Mexico City aren't in this country either. Was that? Toronto and Mexico City aren't in this country. So when this is tour of the country, you've, you've been an international. That's not you entirely can, you true. You can say that. If you've been to Southern California, you could question that comment. <laughs> Which, <laughs> what, whether California is a part of America? Oh, Mexico is a part of the United States. <laughs> oh, you think Mexico is more of a part of the United States or California is a part of Mexico? Either or. <laughs> Okay, Okay. well we'll get on to that in a minute as well. Truth Universal's music appears in movies and on TV. Truth has been featured in hip-hop publications around the world and he's continued to record. His latest album, Invent the Future, is coming out... It's come out. It's out? Yeah. Come on. It's been out since October. Since October of 2013. Well, this is a little out of date then, my intro here. Well, you know, I mean, we're still pushing. We still have singles coming out, video projects, so it's practically new. Are you going to play something for us today? Off I of will it? do that. You're going to do something live off that? Yeah. Cool, okay. And Andrew Duhon is not here, but Kelsey May is. Hi, Kelsey. Oh, Welcome back to Happy Hour. Thank you. Thank God you made it. What are you drinking today? Gin and tonic? Today I'm having a gin and tonic. Good idea. And a little What do you guys got? Keith's got a beer. A beer. And a beer to beer. And... Uh, Lisa's got a, a margarita. Very good, too. It's a very good margarita. They yes. make good drinks here at Wayfair, Delicious. that's for sure. Truth's on the ginger ale. Yes, sir. That does look good, though, actually. It tastes wonderful. Well. Hey, so tell us something about uh, opening the, the, the healthcare business, Keith. What, what, is your, what, what gave you the idea to come back here after Katrina? And why well, didn't you think of it before? Well, a partner of mine had one. He was an ER physician, so he had one out in Kenner. Um, I think the real stimulating factor was the number of physicians and hospitals that closed. So right. if you looked at Katrina, somewhere around 2,000 physicians left the marketplace and six hospitals closed. Um, part of it was personal. My son was in med school. My parents live here. My wife's parents live here. So we wanted to come home. What did you do before that? Um, I was originally a hospital CEO. I had been in the surgery Which center hospital? business. Which um, hospital? Hospital out in New Orleans East. Okay. I was out there for 10 years. And what happened to that? That closed down after Katrina, um, so you actually, didn't have a job. No, I left p- way prior to that. I left and went into business myself oh, 20 years ago, so what would that be? Oh, uh, what were you doing for yourself? Um, I was in the practice management business, and then I went into the surgery center business, and now in the urgent care. So all in healthcare. Um, but you're not a doctor at all. You've no, never been to medicals. Never no, been to medicals, except I, pay for your son to go through medical school. Yeah, <laughs> paid for him to go through medical. Which school. one did he go to? Um, he was at uh, University of Virginia, and then he came home to LSU Med School. Okay. So I started out as a respiratory therapist. So originally, I was uh, was working in a neonatal intensive care unit for babies. And then graduate school wow. in administration, that's when I went into to the business side right. of medicine. Been on the business side ever since. Well, Lisa, what did you do before yeah. bra straps? Because you didn't, you haven't been a bra strap inventor your entire life, I assume. All my life. I was born wearing bra straps. <laughs> 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 no, I, that's a funny uh, visual, actually. Yes, I actually uh, think I've been an entrepreneur since I was nine years old. 
I get to, I, I feel like I'm actually living out my dream right now, doing everything I wanted to do as a nine-year-old. I Having a margarita? Dream, drinking margaritas here with all of you. Sitting between my, two good-looking men. My final goal in life, yeah. so thank so you. So things are working out. They're working out, That's yes. That's fantastic. Now, I, I wanted to, um, my dream was to be a Broadway producer. Really? And to be at, a television reporter. At nine years old? At nine years old. Where, we, where were you at nine? In California. And uh, producing shows for the neighborhood. I'd sell tickets. But now, all these years later, I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, I've worked for several years down at the convention center. I'm from California, from San Diego. And How did you get to New Orleans? I got a contract at the Morial Convention Center that lasted about 15 years. It was you came here specifically to work at the convention yes, center? Yes, yep. We took a chance. We love New Orleans. We, were, we came here quite frequently for business and contracts in the convention industry. And um, we were offered a position uh, as a contract inside the building what, as the business center. It? As what? Um, sort of like a FedEx Kinko's. Uh, we were the business center on the corner of Andrew Higgins and inside the building from 1997 to 2010. So all these people that come here for conventions and they need photocopying and all that crap, you did all that? Yes, we were, you know, Jimmy on the spot for everything they needed to get them, you know, they'd spent a lot of money coming into town to have their exhibits at the, at the convention center and we were, you know, the last yeah. minute crisis center for them to that get... That sounds like off. a license to print money, that business, doesn't <laughs> at it? At the time it was, yeah. um, but uh, Katrina, created um, a little bit of a downfall, um, but what really changed the business model. Just, you could say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. what, we were put out of business for nine months, uh, so the convention center was shut down. Um, but aside from that, about the that time, the, the uh, country went green. So we used to print millions of documents for all the seminars. It was pre-internet, so you didn't refer people to a website or give out Pre-internet? Was this like 1963? Well, you would think so, right? But what? even in let's just say 2004 it was still unique to hand out a business card that had a website to go get the information about a company really? instead you would hand out a powerpoint document that was full color and so we'd be printing a lot of paper and then slowly but surely uh people started saying oh i could just pick up that information on my cell phone uh the smartphones when did that start happening lisa what i would say that probably it? around 2007 is when i saw a drastic divide i had 15 employees and we got down to one where it was we just didn't have the need to um, have as many people handling business services in the traditional way that it used to run. You know, people used to, they would present their, uh, the, uh, students would come in and give presentations using 35 millimeter slide projectors. And we used to make instant slides. I mean, it makes me sound this really old, but that was just- 2004. <laughs> yeah, it, it really, it wasn't that long ago. So how long did it take you to fire the 15 people? Was it all in the space of a year? Uh, or six months or overnight or what? You know, over probably two or three year period where we saw the writing on the wall that, you know, we, we'd have huge groups coming to town, like the Mer American College of Cardiology is an example. And 15 of us couldn't handle the lines at both our locations where it got to the point where one person would say, I got it covered. It's just because, the you know, really the business center became more about shipping packages at the end of the show. Right. And less so about you must have got pretty good at firing people. Yeah, I'm really good at that. So. What's the tech? What's the technique <laughs> for firing someone? That, that's the most um, gentle just, and humane way. Oh, you call them into the office and you know give them a watch and. <laughs> I, I mean, it must I, be pretty horrible. Right? Complimentary bra strap. Yeah, bra strap. Well, so <laughs> that was that's, before yeah, the bra strap. Just just a single bra strap, though not just yeah. the one. Not two of them. For yeah. so the single shoulder, well, you, but there are dresses that only have that are like one shoulder, right? That's true. That's oh, true. lots. Yeah. So so you cater for that as well. So what do you say to someone, though, when you've, they've been your employee and they've made some money for you and you've worked together for all this time shoulder to shoulder and now you have to fire them? Well, fortunately, we had a couple businesses, so some of them transferred into the other business that was doing pretty well. 
Um, and I think just what just start, starts happening is you just don't have hours for them, and they go and find other employment. I mean, it's you know the sad fact of life, but um, you know we did. I never. I've only once had to really fire somebody just because they were what stealing. They do? They're stealing. stealing. Caught them in the safe. Uh-huh. But, Ooh, caught yeah. them in the safe. In the safe. Mm-hmm. Not only stealing, but stupid. So that's hard. That's yeah. hard because you know. But, uh, but other than that, it's just sort of over time they start seeing that there's just not hours. Well, I'm sure everybody wants to talk about bra straps rather than firing people. Don't I know. They? That more I know time. Truth is waiting for me to get onto the yeah. the bra strap subject. <laughs> <laughs> so Truth, what do you do during the day? You're not a full time hip hop guy, right? You've got some sort no, of I'm a, gig um, as well. No, I'm an IT guy. I'm a computer programmer by day. Right. Um, I've also been an uh, adjunct professor, teaching um, teaching. Uh, Technology and a music business program at uh, Loyola, uh-huh. as well, because that's where the two things meet. I never thought they would, but they they did. So I taught. Yeah, they uh, have a music business school. There. What do you teach over there? It's uh, multimedia production. <coughs> Excuse me, multimedia production, which is basically a website building for uh, you know music majors. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. So these kids actually leave school with some real world knowledge yeah, of how yeah. to get the message out. Right, how to how to deal with uh, the marketing side of things, yeah. the business and marketing side of things. Loyola is a beautiful place. I didn't. I mean, f- from the outside looking in, it was it looked cool. You know, these guys go there and they, you know, learn their music or they, they practice their skills and, and hone their skills or whatever. But it's a well-rounded, it's a well-rounded program. You know, right. the, the business side is sound as well as the, uh, you know, uh, the technical side in terms of, you know, uh, them dealing with the instruments and, and, and production and things of that nature. How do you know how to do all this? Did you go to school for this stuff too? Uh, on the music side. No, the music side. Well, no, well, the, well, the, no, you're self-taught musician, no, I well, assume, right? Well, I, I deal with electronic music, and, you know, it's less, uh, less, there's less of a need for training to do right, that. Right. I mean, I, I have played instruments, uh, you know, coming up, like I, I, I played trumpet for a while, and so I know how to read music. Uh, do you really? That's impressive right there. Yeah, I mean, I know what a quarter, note and a half note is. Do you know that, Kelsey, as a musician? No No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I was actually a student in that program. At Loyola? At Loyola. Mm -hmm. Did you have truth as your adjunct professor? No, I think this was a a minute before. This was recently. (laughs) This was when they still had PowerPoint. You were there when they had PowerPoint Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. We did a lot of PowerPoint back then. Are you yeah. still teaching? There was no the website training. Um, I haven't been called back yet, but I will be. Do uh, they call I'm you? Told. Do they call you Professor Universal? Uh, it, it's oh, a I bunch so. of different things. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know what they you know they call me some things behind my back too. But no, nah, it's, okay. it's, uh, it's it's Professor Ujasiri. Uh, that's what they call. That's me. your real name. Yeah, or Mr. Ujasiri. Yep. Ujasiri. Huh? And how do you say that? Ujasiri. Ujasiri. Yes. U J I S E R E. U J A S I R I. Ah, okay. And what, what's that from? It's uh, East Africa. From Trinidad? It's Trinidadian? No. It's African. So where'd East that come Africa. from? From East Africa. It's a Swahili Africa. name. Swahili? Yeah. You don't speak Swahili by any chance, do you? Not a lot of it, no. Do you speak any of it? I mean, basic stuff. You do? Not, no. I'm going to say no, because I don't want you to... <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to, say, I'm not gonna ask you <laughs> to sing anything in no. Swahili. I don't think I've ever met anyone who speaks Swahili. You know those li- little yellow and black books you used to get called Teach Yourself something or other before, before something for right. dummies? It was the... Perf- a princess or something for dummies. Somebody gave me one like Swahili for dummies for a joke, mm-hmm. and uh, I still have it though. So yeah. maybe I could get it out and it's get the Rosetta Stone. So, what, how hard is it to learn? It's, it's pretty hard. Yeah, what, it's, what's it's the trick? Is there are there like guttural sounds or no? They're no they're, uh, it's actually a language developed before the guttural sounds made their way into like uh, you know Eastern languages. So right. 
Is there any they're, clicking they're, like those African? No, there's no like. That, you're talking about like sound? Zulu languages. What does it sound like? Then? I'm not, I'm not, now I'm going to make it's you close, say it's close. It's close to uh, close to Arabic. Ujasiri oh, is Swahili. So. Okay, so that's, <laughs> that's my first. <laughs> that's my first Swahili word, Ujasiri. It's close to Arabic. Oh, that's interesting. So it came from the same. Actually, the Arabic was infused uh, for trade. So there, there are a bunch of you know Arabic words scattered throughout, but right. it's, it's not really an Arabic. You know, it's not really Arabic, but there are Arabic words in the language. Okay. So just to be completely ignorant, what does East Africa mean? Was it what countries are in East Africa? Oh, um, uh, Kenya, Tanzania. Um, uh, you want to go low? Uh, I'm just trying to think. Somalia doesn't really speak. Uh, there are some Swahili in right. Somalia, but not not much. But so where does your family come from? Well, that's Swahili. My, my family is is uh, Trinidadian. You know, but, but back before we, they don't speak Swahili in Trinidad, do they? No, they no. speak English. In Trinidad. This is a, this is a taken name by my family. Ah, okay. Okay. Have they adopted? That yes, name? they adopted the name. Ah, okay. So they moved to America and became. Uh, no, no, no. They did that in Trinidad. They were Ujasiri. Yeah, you know, okay. my father. Well, they came here at four when you were four. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do that. You will? What, what do you think? What you thinking about? I could something better than Morris. You gonna what consult go your uh, teach yourself? <laughs> I could get it out of the book. <laughs> I could get it out of the Swahili book. That's a cool name. What does Ujasiri mean then? It means bravery. Bravery. Well, if you're going to choose a name, you might as well choose something like Truth Universal. Right. Something like that. Right. Yeah. I remember last time we talked about your name. You told me that you don't. You are not Truth Universal. You're seeking. You remember truth that, universe. don't you? Yeah. yeah. You're. Se- yeah. Oh, I don't remember much. But I remember that you're seeking Truth Universal. Right. Is right. that still true, or have you found it? I mean, I found it just yesterday. Where was it? No, man. I, it's. it's, it's <laughs> That's a journey. That's something. That's a journey you go on and you don't come back. So uh, I don't think it'll ever be fine. But you know, uh, it's, it's the point that you're seeking it. Um, so in, in seeking something, it, you know, in seeking something, you 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 may act, you know, act a certain way, live a certain way, and you know, those things are, you know, just divine and honest, and you know, that's on the path to it. But so the ju- yeah, the journey is the destination in a sense though isn't it i mean you're never going to get to man you are you're never going to get yeah, to away with truth. with uh the words man really yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay but I isn't mean, that true though but in a, in a sense yes in yeah a sense, yes. yeah because there is no such thing as the truth i mean there's no point that you're going to get like you're going to get to the end and figure out the truth you have to figure it out as you go along and it can be adjusted as you I, realize I'm, you've I'll made say I'm not qualified to just to just make that uh that statement, I, but I think, yes, I think you may be right. Well, if I'm qualified to make it, you're qualified to make it, aren't you? Aren't we all qualified? Lisa, don't you feel there's a... Let's get a CEO in on this. Well, my yes. Yes, okay. From a, <laughs> from a CEO's dream. perspective, yes. I would say that um, if you found the truth and you stopped seeking it, then you get complacent. And so I think as long as you're always on that journey, you are seeking a better... Yeah, I think it's I think it's a never-ending journey, and, and you know if you think you found it, it's an imperfect, so it, it could right. still be perfected. So it, you know it's a never-ending thing. Well, Lisa, I found something in your bio here that they gave me that was I thought was cool. It says that um, it says that can't isn't one of my options unless I feel certain that God closes a door on something. Oh yeah, I do. I live my life that way, a hundred percent. That God makes decisions. Yeah, I th- I believe so. Okay. I, I, uh, most of my major decisions that I try to make are based on whether or not I think God is opening or closing doors on that opportunity. And so, um, you know, if something comes along, like for instance, the runway show that was produced last October, I had a lot of people tell me, you're crazy, there's no way you can put something together that's, you know, 
it, it was very, lots of details uh, in that short amount of time. And I said, well, if you say you can't, then that will be the outcome. But what if we changed our mindset to we can? And I said, why don't we just see if God opens or closes doors on this opportunity? And we'll just make some phone calls. We'll start seeing um, how this unfolds. And the Did doors... You, call, uh, you didn't call God, by any I call him every day. <laughs> every how do you get in touch with God? Oh, you just... Uh, Skype. <laughs> it's immediate. I mean, I, I think people have different ways. Um, right. you know, for me, it's just my own personal conversation with him. What is your personal conversation? Like not, not the content of it, but how do you actually, do you pray or do you just stop and meditate or do you think or do you? I think it's all of that. I mean, some, I, I do yoga every, every day and uh, it, it helps, you know, sometimes we're, when we're sitting there before the class begins, I'll be very contemplative and just, you know, I'll be thankful for all, everything that's in my life. I always start off my day giving thanks for all the, all the stuff I have. And then I sort of just sort of let what the challenges are, you know, say, okay, here's what's in front of me and just I, I know it sounds very <laughs> spiritual but it, that's how I go about my days just order my steps and you know put before me what I can handle and and uh, it's amazing what unfolds when you just sort of let you know they say let go and let God and um, I mean I, I really prescribe to that does when God closes a door how do you know that's what's interesting to me I mean everyone can take chances and and you know go for it how do you know when to stop? Well, here's an example. Okay, so the contract I had at the convention center was a three-year contract. Every, you know, every three years it was renewed. So we'd get the contract at year one, be really happy at year two, and then by year three be panicking. <laughs> be right? freaking out that it yes. wouldn't be renewed right. and you're going to have to and do so something. And so then you go through the whole process. You fill out all the applications. You go compete against the people who are vying for that spot. And then you get awarded another three years. Who's calling? My son. So that's okay. <laughs> Should we talk to him? He, he probably wants to know where the credit card is to order pizza. But um, so, so what would happen is for you know several years. I mean, fifteen at least every so five periods of that. I would by the third year be in a, almost a state of panic that right. this contract might not be renewed. And uh, I I was really relieved at the end of the contract that that door was closed because it, it was just one of those things that you just know. I mean, the door closes, and it, for me, there's, it's always been pretty obvious. There's not a lot of gray areas when doors close for me. It's like, this absolutely means I need to move on and focus my attention someplace else. You know, the gray areas are the ones you kind of sit back and watch it unfold, but I mean, in business for me, I've had a lot of doors really slam closed, and you just know you're, in the, you're focusing the wrong thing, focus on something else. Okay. So. Take it seriously. Yeah. Okay. Truth. We ha you want to play something for us? Let's uh, yeah. I'll Let's talk something. about some music. Let's play something from the um, the, the new album, Invent the Future. Okay. Yeah. Let's actually, do, uh, do the title out track now. first. Out now. With all your digital retailers and, yeah. and, and some uh, some mom and pop shops that still carry physical product. Okay. Yeah. Well, there aren't many of those left. Yeah, that's few for of sure. Them. They're a lot less than they used to be. But, right. good, but you can find it on the internet. Yes, sir. Or all good music stolen. Yep, and uh, it's and uh, sold. And so, <laughs> yes, you can buy it. I'm assuming. So we're going to play the track, and you're going to sing live over it. Uh, let's let's, let's do it. that. Okay. What what are we, what song are you going to do? This Whoa. is Invent the Future. You could have played it. This is the title track, Invent the Future, produced by Pudge. Featuring Nate Suave Cameron and Evelyn Champagne. People, this is always weird. Uh huh, yeah, check it. Look, 
Look, I'ma stop to make it perfectly clear. If you're feeling it, well, let me see your hands in the air. Could ignore the black holocaust like I didn't care. But I respect my like black thought in the mirror. I'm a fixture. I ain't going anywhere. Not falling off. I show improvement every year. You intend to make me cease? You got trouble to bear. Feeling like Sinead O'Connor because nothing compares. If you look on a map, my location appears. Do South Louisiana send my packages here. Worldwide, getting love from everywhere. We bet into this, they hop on stage and flap, no fear. But I prefer the perfecture like Pamela Greer. And coffee is the color with the natural hair. Criminal minded like 87, letting it glare. Might get blinded if you stare directly into the glare. It's the sun, whack cats ending is near. If they prone to melanoma, I'm the one you should fear. You offended by the wording? Well, I do not care. Standing by my convictions as long as there's air. Flowing through my nasal passages, I stand on my square. 90 degrees and MC with the warrior flair. Affecting social change to my heart, their purpose is dear. Invent the future, main intent of my career. From crowds of people will come. Forever will show you that you're seeking us. From crowds of people will come. Forever that you'll see. Invent the future. The beats are so nice that the and then the rhymes are that the and the beats are that the oh wow that's uh. That's pretty hard to do, I would think, sitting at a little tiny like table studio. staring at it. We're staring at you. It is. Yeah. That's cool. So how do you write that? You start off with the lyric? Uh, a, few different, you can, uh, a few different approaches. With that one in particular, I uh, had the, the track. Usually, it really starts with the track and see where it takes you and right. what, what you want to write about. That one, I got the track and... This, this happens a lot of times. You kind of kind of work on a rhyme scheme, like uh, like kind of scattered out, and then put the words together. Do you start with a with a message? Do you have something to say, or that kind of? Sometimes with this one, not so much. Right. But uh, a lot of times, yeah. You know, it depends. No, there's some tracks. I mean, like t- take for instance uh, some other tracks on the on the record. Uh, this is that was kind of like a we call it like a freestyle track and it just has like a you know a bunch of different stuff thrown in uh, it's more to showcase the rhyme schemes than anything else uh, I have a song dealing with uh, you know food scarcity and food access uh, called food fight that's pretty focused you know so you know it, it's the thing you have to make everything fit and rhyme but still you know stick to the topic so that's one where a topic was involved I have one about uh, domestic violence. It's a, it's a narrative, actually. So uh, you definitely have to stick to the topic with that. You know, so right. it, 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 a lot of times, I mean, I, I, it, it, is, it is topic-driven, but sometimes it's not. Where do you fit in in the hip-hop world? Where do I fit in? Yeah. Um, I, like I, I'm, I'm like, I was kind of honed in what was called the golden era. Like kind of that, that, that time from like uh, 87 to about 97, right? And that was supposed to be the time that the best hip hop music came out. You know, the, the best was made. So that, and it, it's kind of like a, a classic sound, right? Um, so it, 
there was a, there was there's some music in there that, that it's, it's called boom bap. It's kind of like, like real basic. Right. There's more soulful music in there that, that came about toward the end. Um, so I'm kind of like, you know, I draw from there, but I, I still innovate. You know, so people who can identify with that golden era sound identify with my sound as well. You know, so right. that, that's pr- pretty much where I fit in. You should have been intellectual. You think so? Well, I'm uh, wondering about that. I, it doesn't. Do you wonder? Yeah. <laughs> with a name How like with a name like Truth Universal, <laughs> you're, you're wondering about that. <laughs> you know, that's not like that sort of gangster hip hop or that angle. Nah. So where do you fit in? As are you like a? Well, uh, you know, my music is 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 is, is um classified usually as uh, as progressive or, or, or socially conscious, you know, music. Right. So are you part that's, of the, are you part the, of the southern thing, like the part of the. I mean, New I'm in the Orleans. South, yeah. So yeah, and I have a lot of friends who do it, and we kind of have like a, you know, a loose coalition of sorts, so, yeah, you know, yeah. But, you know, it's, I'm just an MC that, that you know, I, I'm, I'm aware, mindful of showmanship, presentation, delivery, uh, so I know I have to rock the crowd, but I, I know I have to also, you know, because of just like my personal conviction, uh, have you know, some type of message, you know, because mm. I feel like I'm responsible for what I know. I'm responsible for trying to, you know, help other folks out if I can, you know, with, with the information that I have. So, you know, that's definitely, you know, uh, a tenet of mine. I, that, that's, that's why, you know, I have a message in my music. Do you have a spiritual side to it? I mean, it, it, yeah, I guess, you, I guess you could say that, you know. I don't, I don't really push that. Like, it's not like religious rap. It's not spiritual rap per se. But, I mean, because I am spiritual, I guess, to some degree myself, it makes its way into the music. So there's politics and the spiritual side. Yeah. In there. Which one is more important to get across? I mean, which one comes first in, cha- in you know, bringing about social change? I think, um, I mean, they're both important, but I guess in terms of, you know, presenting information and, um, you know, some type of method to go about, you know, uh, uh, affecting change, I guess the information would be most important in that regard. In that regard, I mean, for I what it sometimes is. Sometimes, if people just could just figure out that we're all in it together, yeah, you know, that we're that's a shared problem, right? It's not your problem or right. my problem. That it, that that music does that, right? You right. Know, I mean, the music with a message does that. Definitely, definitely. But I, I was just saying, like, you know, it's kind of like if if uh, like you know, I'm asked about my place in music, like you kind of just asked, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know. Do, does anybody want to hear that? You know, it seems like people want to, you know, really, like right. people want to listen to music to like release and, and party and whatnot, right? Yeah. Uh, well, hip hop anyway is what is what the, the perception is. So it's like, what's your place in it? But, you know, I know I'm, a, I'm an artist as well, so I, I present it in that way. So if I wasn't, you know, mindful of being an artist and I just want to, you know, kind of like read information to you, I could, I could lecture and I could do right. something else, you know? So... It's all, it's all about, I'm saying that to say, it's all about being mindful of what you're doing and, and you, know, you know, the arena that you're in trying to get this, whatever you're trying to get across, across. So right. so, since it's music, I think, you know, the aesthetics, the aesthetics have to be there first, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to give you something, so that has to be there. And I think once you come in and you, you kind of, you know, kind of look around, you kind of feel like... It's like the edge you care. What you asked about. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you look here. <laughs> this place is nice. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Once you get them in there, and they're like, all right. And then, then yeah. you feel like, you know, whatever spirituality there is, yeah. and once, you, once you're kind of like in tune and listening. So you get the, the, the music comes first. Yeah. And then the message comes so. second, and hopefully some sort of spiritual yeah, so, revelation yeah. or 
connection eventually made. Yeah. Okay. Like the injury That's and then the treatment and then the bill. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Delivered. <laughs> so how's it, what, what's up with urgent care? How do you know when you're being successful? Oh, it, you know, as far as the volume, it's not much. Um, these are small clinics. They're, to a certain degree, freestanding ERs. Um, you know, we judge our success, but based on we, we keep adding new clinics and the number of people that return. What, ha- what used um, to happen before you guys came along? You know, I, I think it's probably a problem that's been brewing for the last 25 years. Yeah. Um, if you look at medical school students and the number of them that come out in primary care, it continued to decrease for a 20-year period, and now all of a sudden we have a huge shortage of primary care docs. Um, you don't even, you can't even go to a primary care doctor anymore. Well, that, you know, that's our business. People ask us all the time, what happens with Obamacare? I, you know, it takes you about two weeks to get an appointment with your primary care doc. If you're sick today and you've got to wait two weeks, it's not going to be good. Well, um, how, what happens with Obamacare? Good question. Well, I, I think, quite frankly, it, it puts 30 million people that didn't have insurance with insurance. Um, it provides greater access. It's so good for the insurance company, as far well, as in that sense. We've got a system that's crowded, that's getting more crowded every day. And, and our little niche, you know, my partner's family's in the restaurant business, so Jerry always teases we're in the chicken and biscuit business. That's all we do. But we do really good at chicken What's and biscuits. What's Jerry's other name? Um, Satanovich. Satanovich. Uh, so his, what's his? Dragos. His family Dragos, is Dragos Restaurant. Right on. So you eat free at Dragos as well as owning a medical? Oh, we don't eat free, but we eat a lot of charcoal oysters and lobster. Um, you got a pretty good setup now. It's not bad. Not bad. Um, you get free grub at Dragos, and you got a free medical. People love to come visit us. People from all over the country love to come. We want to come see what you're doing, Keith. They do not want to come see what we're doing. They want to go to the French Quarter and eat at Drago's and use it as an excuse for a business trip. Well, that's the same thing where everyone finds in New Orleans, right, doing business here. Lisa, I bet you find that too. People love an excuse to come to New Orleans. Oh, yeah. It's one. It's completely unique to any city I've been in the United States. It's an awesome place. When I was living in San Diego, we had, like I said, contracts to come here quite often to do business. We were going all over the country. It was always our favorite place to come come to and then we ended up moving here from mexico from southern california <laughs> slash mexico why would you why would you move all the way to new orleans and then live on the north shore uh children uh, i have young lo- kids oh you have children i yes. thought you're attracted to children. <laughs> okay how That's many kids how many kids do you got well at the time when i moved here i had a six month old and we lived right across the street from the convention center it was really cool as a yeah. southern california girl to be at a, in a city where you could walk to places, not have to get on a freeway to get yeah, around. Right. So that was really neat. But then as my son started getting older, he needed to be a place where he could run around. And so we moved to a suburb here on this side of the lake. And then um, I just found a house off the river, or the Chifuncta River, that I fell in love with. It's so southern. And it, it just reminded me a little bit more of Southern California because you have people boating out there. and. I was always surprised on this side of the lake in New Orleans that you don't see a lot of water sports with how much how surrounded by water we well, you are. You can't get to the river hardly anywhere <laughs> is the problem. You can't. And, and it's mostly, you know, wharfs. It's commercial. Yeah, so the Mississippi River obviously is a non-recreational well, plus, plus you river. can't really do much recreation <laughs> nope. on the Mississippi River. Right. You don't, don't see people going to. down in inner tubes ever. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think you're allowed to have a boat on the Mississippi. I, no, I don't think so. Mm-mm. I'm friends with a lot of the pilots who navigate the the river. And Are now. you? Why is that? Yeah. Why? Um, one of my advisors is married to a pilot, and they are major sponsors of my events. But it's a really fascinating business. If you ever have time to have a pilot on your uh, show, they 
they have a place called Pilot Town where they meet the ships that come in and then they climb up a 50 you know, foot swaying ladder, rope ladder to board the ships and then they navigate those ships, whether it be a cruise ship or uh, industrial ship up the river because it's hard to navigate. It's really fascinating business. It is. Where is Pilot Town? I would like to, I don't know, you see it when you, it's like they say you see, <laughs> I don't, they say that they have a grocery store and I think that's it, but I, I'm very fascinated about Pilot Town. I, I, I think I would love to see it someday. There's got to be a bar. Yeah, there's got to be a bar. And, be. Um, they're sponsors of your events, the, the, the cancer walk thing. What's yes. it called, actually? My event's called Unite, which is spelled Y-O-U-N-I-G-H-T, but it's Unite to unite a community. Um, but they are, they, they are one of our major patron sponsors. So anyway, there you are sitting in, in your place in Covington, the Ula Bra Central National, International Headquarters. Yes. So you have this idea... I'm going to have a, an event for cancer survivors, breast cancer survivors, I assume, mm-hmm. right? Well, it so was breast cancer survivors until I had a 23-year-old call me and say she wanted to be in my event. And she said, I want to be in your show, but I have the wrong kind of cancer. Did you say, she just, broke did you just my hang heart. up on her? Oh, no, she broke my heart. I said, is there I a right hang up kind on of her. That's the oh, wrong really? kind of cancer. No. Come on, you've got to stay focused. Oh, no, no, no. I, what I, kind of cancer did she survive? I think lymphoma. You're in the medical profession. Yes. Lymphoma. Uh, uh, she, she's still going through treatment, and she. But she. The, what happens is these women who come to us, many of them are still in treatment, getting infusions, and um, still going through their chemotherapy. And their world is a very dark place. I mean, mm. as a woman, their their lives have changed, and they're losing their hair, lost it completely, their eyelashes, you know, their uh, breasts. I mean, it's a it's a very despairing. You know, situation for them. So we come along and the doctors refer them to our uh, show so that they have months to uh, start preparing mentally and emotionally for what they're going to feel like on that runway stage. So it takes them from a really dark place to a really positive outlook. And in the, in the process, they, it's a place for healing for them. And, they, and then they get to celebrate with their friends and family who of course want them to finally be at that place in life where they're smiling again and looking amazing and feeling amazing so doctors recommend yes we call it empowerment therapy it's really really it's the most life-changing thing i've ever been involved in and for the people who i've met and what happens is they as a group because they go through eight weeks of runway training and they learn how to pose for uh, the camera they become united as a group and they, they have their own little sorority. You were talking about you know fraternity, but they, they become a sorority, and they um, they it, it's it's interesting how they impact the community. We call them role models. Well, I can't be the first person to have thought of this, but there's got to be a TV show on this, right? It's awesome. I mean, it's really great. Has and someone hit you up with that idea? Or a well, we're growing. Uh, no, not a reality show, but I, I think that would be amazing. It would be so much fun. No to one's suggested that. Well, we're, we're only less than a year old, and we were doing, uh, we just partnered with Oshner here on this side. To, Kelsey, to get, do the, get that contract Please, out call <laughs> us. <laughs> I, <laughs> I cannot believe, you guys agree with me, can you? I can't believe that there hasn't, someone hasn't well, said here's that. Well, here's the, I mean, look, behind it's the scenes, like, for instance, one of our models last year, she put on Spanx. Do you know what Spanx are? Yep. So, you know, they make you look slim, and uh, oh. they keep the panty lines What's from showing. What's the phone number for Really? <laughs> well, Spanx. Spanx. And so then, on top of that, Sorry, she do you decided... you have any well, No, no, I don't have any. Wait, this is where the story So just for fun, nobody knows why she did it. She put on some hot pink underwear on top of the Spanx before mm-hmm. walking the runway. So right as she stepped onto the stage, wow. the underwear fell down around her ankles. <laughs> and so she kicked them off and then did her, sh- her walk um, 
only women can relate to the fact that you cannot wear those two things together. <laughs> they just are not meant to I didn't know. Kelsey, you know anything about Spanx? <laughs> to be honest, I don't own any. I'm not quite any, sure so how I, that works. That's, that's good. <laughs> I don't uh, own any. Okay, the women who wear I'm sure it's only a matter of time, you know. It's just, a, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're Keith, in terms you got of any Spanx at your place? No, no Spanx at my place. <laughs> okay. You, I think you're missing it, man. I think uh, if wait. you know women, you may know, you know women. Spanx. Wait, they're making Spanx for men now, too. No, they are. They are making Spanx. They are made Spanx for men. Seek the truth, truth. Seek the truth. The truth is, I'm not going to help you. But it's like it sucks everything in. Oh, yeah. So you would not want that, I would assume, if you were a man, right? Well, yeah. Let's well, face yeah, it. That's Let's be straight here. Keith, certain, really? Certain places, maybe. Yeah, well, but spec, they go on your own. You're, I mean, it's like pants. I think they make different kinds for different parts of, yes. yeah, for different. Anything that they? needs to different be Different areas you want to slim down. Suck your in, then, yes. as a man. As a man, but, I, you know, so I don't know. So where are you, what, what are you putting it on your head or something? If you want to make where, where your head the, slimmer, I guess you could. <laughs> where does the Spanx go on a guy? On a guy? Probably around their gut. I Maybe around like their breasts. Girdle? I don't know. I mean, some guys it's, have man it's boobs. A, it's, it's That's like true. Grand like, uh, or something. Yeah. Like a compression, compression short, biker short type thing. Yeah. yeah, shorts. That's what I'm talking about. They're yeah. not shorts, though. Cause What's it, the whole top. Oh, you know? yeah. They have like the like the little wrestling kind of suit. But it's, it's spandex or... <laughs> Or is, is this my <laughs> wrestling suit? I love that picture. Truth it's knows way stretchy. too much about this. It's a stretch. It's like it sucks <laughs> you in. It sucks you in. That's it true. makes you look mm-hmm. slim. Yes. Correct. It hides Graham, all your and hides, hides no, lines and. Graham's on that. Spanx. Are you wearing it right now? No, no. Uh, really, the, uh, you know, if you're wearing a slinky dress, a lot of times a woman will wear that so that. You don't show your panty lines. Um, mm. you Not know. a lot of movement. The, the woman Maybe who created that, Sarah, get, you know. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Blakely, who created the Spanx, is a multi, multi-millionaire. I mean, Oprah is the one who first made that product famous. And is she really? That's a great product. So ah. my product is similar. The bra straps are sort of along that line. It's also right. a, it's a fashion solution. So the bra straps, just because we've now we're unbelievably moving along here, but so sorry. the bra straps. Our, our interchangeable bra straps. So you, I have my own bra. Well, not me personally, yes. but a woman. You should. Has a, I should, I <laughs> a know. Man, a man's ear. I was, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that. And, and then I can exchange, I can take the straps off my regular bra and yes. put on your fancy over 100 different designs. Yeah, so I, I have some on here. Ah, so, look at that. Right? You've been hiding that from us. Oh, well, you know. So I, that's, I uh, wasn't sure what to wear for this radio interview. Douglas is going to have to get into the show. I take don't know off if the viewers think so I look good or not. It. Okay, so viewers, <laughs> yeah. like Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so it's a, a shirt like this would be an example of what I call you know, a fashion dilemma that a woman would have to, or a bra dilemma, a woman ha- either has to go braless, which very few women do, or they would wear a strapless bra and everything, you know, gravity you know, heads south. So what do you wear? This is a, like a tube top type thing you've got on here. Well, is that this, right? These straps are actually attached to a bra hole. Yeah, but what are you wearing on top of well, it? How would you describe a, that? I guess you could say a tube top. A well, you can, top, you can you strapless top. Okay. Yeah. And so you have like a... It's a high a class visible bra strap. Like so, the bra strap becomes a fashion statement. Yeah, I mean, so and it actually makes women look skinnier because if you, if I was to let go of these straps and, you know, gravity did its job and went south, which it would, um, you, it's your body, you know, takes on a whole different shape and it, you look frumpy. So it actually. Well, that's why there's a bra, I assume. Yes. I mean, the bra is not a medical piece of equipment, is it, Keith? No, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> it's not. No, it's, it's not. Just a, Cosmetic. It's, just cosmetic. it's cosmetic. It's to make women look a certain way that they like or that we like, that men like or yeah. something, right? Yeah, I think cultural so culture dictated right. women wearing bras. Right. 
So, so the bra strap is... Holds up the bra. Holds up the bra. That's all it does. Yep. Right. And so now... But instead of hiding it... Yes. Instead of exposing an ugly bra strap, which you everybody sees everywhere, women walking around with the bra straps trying to tuck them in or just they just don't care anymore. They just let them show. This allows women to put on a pretty strap and you don't even necessarily know it's a bra strap. You I was just going to say that. Did, weren't you going to say the same thing, Truth and like Keith? You were just like going to say that, huh, Truth? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't look like a bra. I mean, I would not have yeah, thought that leather. was. These are leather. So look these like are they go with the top. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Looks like the. Looks, looks like it's connected up the to the top. shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What are you thinking, Keith? You're the closest. It, it, How do you no, like? That's beautiful. Thank you. I like it. Thank you. Oh, see. <laughs> nice. Okay. It Very does nice. look cool. It's sexy looking. I think that's the right word, Thank isn't you. it? Well. Is it supposed to be? Or was it supposed to be sexy? I, I didn't know it was going to be sexy looking until it became obvious that men are very fascinated with the bra strap. I've learned that that uh, on many airplane trips. That and if they anything say, in that region. Yes. If, I, if somebody says, what do you do? And I say, bra, you know, I sell bra straps. It's, a, it's an interesting three and a half hour flight. That's all I can say. Well, don't you know that all men like to talk about and look at women's breasts? I mean, is that news to you? It's not news. I just think, yeah, right. this is like, uh, you know how they say all roads lead to Rome. I think the so, bra straps, you know, well, it gives are the us path. A, it gives us a chance to stare <laughs> at your breasts and, and gives... It gives a man an open about, opportunity to... Yeah, yeah to talk about breasts. <laughs> right. Exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> what, what kind of conversations, what are the typical conversations a guy will have with you? What's the next line after someone says, what do you do? This is on a flight. Say, so this is like, bus- are you in business class? No, no. My, pro- my, I'm, no. I'm so you're just approval. in a regular, okay, yeah. so you're just in a regular seat in the regular airplane. Regular seat and somebody right. says, what do you do? And then I say, I have a women's accessory product. And what are they thinking they immediately? Tampons or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear women's accessories. Fashionable tampons. I'm, so I'm not thinking of fashion. Are I'm you? so I glad I don't have to say I sell tampons. That would be such I a. I don't horrible. know what I would think if I heard women's accessories. Women's accessory. I just, uh, maybe handbags. I think maybe okay. something Jewelry. that I would think. Or, yeah. What would you think, Keith? Tampons. Right. Jewelry. Tampons Jewelry. are not Jewelry an accessory. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, okay. they're definitely not. I thought it just it sounded like a euphemism for something. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so okay, and what's then, the next question? They say, oh, really? Oh my goodness! You know. Uh, let me, you know, first of all, uh, I might have a pair on and they say, you know, they get fascinated by the, the just the idea of it. Can they, I touch that? Can I touch it? Do they really say that? Yeah. No. Really? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> they do. So. Okay, this is a whole new airplane experience. I'm it's, it's like a, a playbook. It's usually. <laughs> <a> playbook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, the next. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> now, how many guys say, what percentage of you guys say, can I touch that? Really? Is that true? I'm a plane. I mean, quite a few, actually. What, what like, you look at Keith. I mean, I'm not trying to get you in trouble with anybody, but he reached over and touched it, right? Mm. right? And okay. I, I mean, I'm True, I did. he did. Yeah. He did. Okay. It, right. It's just, I'm sorry. I hope you know no, that's, that's fine. I, I know there was nothing meant by it. It's, it's a metal. <laughs> I was... It is interesting, that though, that you did do that, because you wouldn't do that to a normal woman if she just... No. If she was wearing a bra, you wouldn't reach no. over and touch her no, bra. No, you would not. So guys typically reach over and touch your bra strap. How interesting. Well, I mean, if I say it's a bra strap, I mean, that's the first thing they do. They, they, they actually want it. Yeah, it's a bizarre. It's I still don't understand the psychology behind it, hmm. of what makes men so interested in a strap. It's uh, it's Truth? just it's just, just I don't know. Any <laughs> thoughts on that? I, I mean, professor, I think you I think you pretty much outlined it. You know, <laughs> no, because I think it? I think men are interested in, in where in, the roads in, lead. Yeah, right. <laughs> Going the wrong, right? <laughs> do you make do you make panties? No, no, have not got into that. That would be the way so. to go. That would be the next conversation. Yeah. Imagine if you made panties and you're sitting on a plane. Maybe my, yeah, my five-year plan. <laughs> Is that, have you got panties in, in mind? 
Well, I, I thought it would be fun to have, um, what, what do they call for uh, the men, the uh, jock, oh yes, designer jock straps. You know, that would be something fun to have too. those. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I would not. I've looked at pictures of those and it's not, it's not pretty. That's not visible. <laughs> it's the not thing pretty. about the bra strap is it's a, it's a sort of a t- almost taboo, not really, but sort of, a, it's, it's underwear. But yeah. it's visible, so it makes it sort of lingerie, sort of naughty stuff. Well, what's interesting, so 10 years ago it was underwear, and then Sarah Jessica Parker, I, w- I would say, is credited with having it shown as outerwear. She started wearing her she bra as part of the outfit. I think she was one of them, and then you have Gwen Stefani and other actresses who just were wearing it as, as well, if it was part of their top. What about Madonna back in 1980-something yeah. yeah. when so she had she that purple bra Yeah, so she may have been started. But what happened now is that the whole mainstream, everybody's going around with bras showing, so now it actually is a part of the outfit whether a woman wants to admit it or not if you you can walk up and down any street and see a bra strap which used to be something women really tried to hide now they mm. just don't care and the ones who do care are looking for the solution and what do women say i mean we know, now we know what men say what do women say when they find out they you love make bra it strap? they absolutely love it because it is it's like all of a sudden they realize oh my gosh i could wear that top i could wear that dress you know it's a solution and it's, and it's fun. It makes them pretty. And our tagline is, we lift you up, like I said, we right. said earlier. Um, but we make That's women a good one for the, really pretty. For the jock strap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh well. mm-hmm. That would work just as well for that, if you ever get around to doing that. Right. Okay, I'll keep you posted. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to move on. Truth, what about another song? Let's do it. Okay. Um, what are we doing? This is uh, one that's a little more conceptual, I guess, because we talked about concept and mm-hmm. it's freestyle. Uh, this is about uh, kind of balancing everything, right? You know, music family, uh, work, and, you know, still being able to be successful uh, at, at, at the music. Because I, I feel like I've accomplished, I've accomplished a good deal, you know. Uh, a lot of people still don't know who the heck I am. I could do a show here and, like, half of the audience, I mean, I'll be like, whoever heard uh, so-and-so, and nobody will know, you know. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, I've been afforded many opportunities. We've, we've, we've done a lot of good work. We've covered a lot of ground. So this is about, you know, the balance. It's called Mic Checks and Balances. Yes. Balance. I might have y'all help me out on this. Yeah, like like, when I say oh, y'all say oh, 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 oh. All right, we go. We're gonna do that again at the hook. All right, check it. Look. Look, it's been a long time coming, hundred miles, still running, constant grind, make the talent, master acumen and cunning, Neath got me on the ball, about fitness and the self-defense, clearly identify, forces that we fight against, who want the oil underwater, Jesus was walking on, keep beef with pigs like Israel and Lebanon, they say truth is sounding different on the tracks you're talking on, I'm trying to get my like, water for chocolate on, success in the end, what my sights set up on, an AK clip, getting fed into a megaphone, coming from a place where self-worth is minimal, Police run roughshod, black skin criminal, situation critical. Tired of hearing it till everybody get it then. Keep sweet sharing it to make quality synonymous with the name of Rock Mics. Cash checks, add balance to the game. Come on. It's coming up now, y'all. All right. Look. When I say oh, y'all say oh, 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 oh. I'ma say oh, then y'all say oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh,
Yeah. Finally, like CC Peniston, excelling in this discipline, give music to the world, and now thousands are listening. You think you hear the last of this? No, La Trinidadian. I have news for all you, like the Sunday morning guardian. Normal attitude, but not your average dude. Gorilla outlook, strive to grow my own food. Community rapping, fam, how you managing that? Well, it's a well choreographed balancing act. Sincere thanks to my queen for not letting me slack. Giving birth to my daughters and having my back. Progressive lifestyle that reflecting the rap. Peace and knowledge at a cipher, man. I love being black. If I didn't do it justice, I would stop. Give it back. Substance, the game lack. I had balance with the track to make quality synonymous with the name of rock mics. Cash checks add balance to the game. Oh. Oh. <laughs> nah, it was assessing. <laughs> Just testing. Oh. 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 Yeah. When I say oh, y'all say oh. 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 Do one more verse. Cool. Yeah, class here, blast on pigs. That's part of the urban law. That's real talk. But the black youth getting murdered more. Saying about that. And words they never heard before. African linguistics broke the French like the overture. Chilling where debit calls don't pump past 60. Controlling this raging spirit like I was Bixby. Bill, for the love, I admit, but still. Think I'm a rapper free? Come on, y'all, get real. Anti-buck dancing, non-shuck jiving. With these lyrics, I strive for uprising. Cause the efforts of officials ain't applaudable, dude. Living Wage, good schools and fresh affordable food Out of reach, purge voter rolls Population whitewash, scraping full of waste So when you ain't living with the lights off To make quality synonymous with the name of rock mics, cash checks Add balance to the game, come on Oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 yeah I said I'ma say oh, then y'all say oh Oh, 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 oh I'ma say oh, let me hear you say oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 This is the new single, by the way. Mike checks and balances. You can request it on your local stations. Hey. That's a great song. Yeah. Mike checks and balances off the new album, Invent the Future. Yes, sir. Very nice. Very clever. Awesome. And we got to actually sing along. How about that? That was fun. That was, I don't know about you guys, that was my first rap song. Lisa, was did, that did we record it? Yes. Yes, it's man, recorded. We put the live version up, man. <laughs> I'll give you your credit. Okay. Lisa, that'd be your first rap song as well? The first one that uh, I would admit to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't sing. Really? I can't sing. Have you, have you done some sort of karaoke before? With Once. Where Once was that? Once is all it took. Uh, probably a bar someplace, but I'm not a singer. You do. Pilot Great Town, job. probably. Yeah, the Pilot Town. Pilot yeah, Town. The Pilot Town karaoke bar. <laughs> the Pilot Town. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keith, is that your first... Uh, Absolutely. Foray in the rap world? Yeah, my daughter's the artist in our town. What does she do? Oh, she's just ready to go to school, but she's the artist, can sing, plays piano. Really? Getting ready to go to California, actually, go to college. Wow. So yep. I, have, I have the thank, analytical Thank God you've the got the 11. Yeah, no, no. Urgent care business is making a huge amount of money. What school is she going to? She's going to FITM. It's the Fashion Institute for Design and Merchandising in L.A. Well, she's hey, going to come back and work for... Brass Trap. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good does she Does she want to intern over the summer in the Brass Trap 
Um, I don't know. International I, headquarters I, I, I suspect she'll be interning somewhere in Europe. And you could create a little jingle know. for me. Let's talk. And then we oh, all, wow. Yeah, let's all get together. Because I think you have clever, cle- a clever marketing team already, and if you give me something, I can run oh, with well, it. We would love that. That, that would be, be a great, uh, like a jingle that we lift you up. Yes. I can hear that already, <laughs> yes. right? That's for, the, it. for the bra strap, not the job strap. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing the job strap. <laughs> okay. We lift you up. That's kind of Kelsey in your whole Kelsey made to do the jock strap one. <laughs> that's in your sort of whole wheelhouse there as well, right? Truth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a whole thing. This could be great. Yeah. We lift you up. Keith, what's going on with you before we have to get out of here in just a minute, but before we go. So the next ones are going to open in Mid-City. Mid-City on Carrollton. Um, Covington. Where, where, what, what was in the building before it became a urgent care? What's going to become an urgent care? Um, I think it was a pet store. A pet store? A pet store. It's right, it's right next to Oh, Singer next to the Kitchen. Subway and all that? Subway, and Singer Papa Kitchen. John's. Right across the street uh, from Angela Bricotta's. That's a great oh, spot. Kind of. It's a great spot. So we'll be able to go to Drago's and Angelo Ricardo's as yeah, well. No, no, like you've got spot. it made. And then Hammond and Covington. Covington, which is near the world headquarters of Ula Bra. Yes. Yep. Who's yep. your doctor over there? You have a, do you have a primary, you don't have to say his name or her name, but do you have a primary care doctor? I, I don't even know what to put on the form when somebody asks yeah. me for the name of the doctor. Me neither. I'm not healthy, so thank goodness. I guess that's a good but name. Because no. you can't get a primary care doctor. Maybe that's the reason. That's the reason, right? I found one. one. I found one. And, and I don't want to tell anyone who he is because then he won't be available anymore. <laughs> but no, he's actually, a, I found a really great primary care doc. Um, okay, well, that's good for you. I, I go to Urgent Care on Magazine Street across from the Boulangerie, and you can leave there, and then you go get a, like a croissant. Yep. Well, believe it or not. I, like I don't get that over at the <laughs> West Jeff Medical Center. Not no, there's not. <laughs> no Mercados across the street. Almost 70% of the people under the age of 60 do not have a primary care. Wow. 70% of the population under the age of 60 does not have a primary care doctor so when they in America. S- well, so when they get sick, That's they call to get an appointment. They can't get one. Yeah, right. Prior to urgent care, they'd show up in an emergency room, which right. is a horribly inefficient, overly expensive way to treat that disease. Okay, so but just, just stop and say this again. How screwed up is this? 70% of the population under the age of 60, because over the age of 60, you tend to get sicker, I suppose, and so you have to find a doctor for yourself. And, and most of us, it. most Americans don't have a doctor. Because they're healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's episodic that's why problems. I don't have one. It's right. because I'm You're healthy. But you have kids. Kids ought to have a oh, family doctor. Oh, they have a doctor. pediatrician. Yeah, no, no, no. And I should clarify, you know, pediatricians up until the age of 16, 17, 18, everybody has one. Um, but once you're from 18 to 55, 18 to 60, Majority of people are healthy, so they don't have a need to have a consistent care. Yeah, yeah but you still doc. get sick. I mean, you still, you're supposed to have an annual checkup, I suppose. That's the whole point, right? So you don't get sick. And then once in a while, something does happen to you. I've been to that urgent care twice. I can't even remember what for. Oh, yes. My, Sin- my, sinus infection. My fucking cat attacked me. Yeah. My cat went crazy and called me all up, and, I, and like the next day, my hands turned into a cat scratch fever. Cat scratch fever, exactly. Mm. I had to go to the but the urgent care. But where would I have gone if it wasn't for that? I didn't have a doctor. No, and I think that that's the niche. I yeah. mean, I, I think, and, and it's getting bigger, not smaller. So, right. um, so, do you employ just two full-time doctors at the place I go to? Or yeah, mo- most facilities. Guys? We have a nurse. We have an X-ray tech. Right. We have a lab. We, we have, have an X-ray physician. tech permanently uh-huh. there. So you've got a whole. It's like a clinic. It's a clinic, basically. It's a mini emergency room, for lack of a better term. It's yeah. not really urgent care, really. It's just, I mean, it's called urgent care, but you just go to the doctor. I think it's more like convenient care, right? Yeah. I mean, I would go to my doctor with my cat tried to kill me. I would have gone to my regular doctor if I had a regular doctor, if I knew Kelsey better. Well, I, I, actually, gone to your doctor. I actually had a cat accident as well once. What and uh, oh, I got bitten and got infected. And Me too. You know, same kind of situation. I actually ended up at the urgent care. Um, it was on magazine. I don't think it was the same one, but um, 
They're very, they're don't very useful when you. <laughs> don't go to that one anymore. But urgent cares are very useful when I'll you, tell you, what, you know, especially yeah. on like this was a weekend situation, and it was like, okay, don't well, get, I do have a great primary care doctor, but that doctor's not open on Saturday, so don't you know. get a uh, diabetes test when you go there, even though it's free, because you're probably going to find out you've got diabetes. Two hundred <laughs> people in the last how long? Much, I found out. Too much gin. We started at the end of March, so it's been about three months. Three months. You found two hundred diabetics. And it's just ramping up. We're actually getting ready to put up some billboards. So we've been doing some internet advertising, but haven't been advertising the program that much. Um, doing a lot of on-sites. We went to the you know, city of New Orleans. We, we go to Walmart. So if you have a business and you want us to come on-site and test your employees, we're happy to do that also. Hmm. So you test the general public at Walmart or just employees at Walmart? Um, this was actually a health fair. So it was the general public at their new Walmart in New Orleans East. Yeah. Wow. So our contacts through the Diabetes Association. How did you come up with this idea? You just dream this up? The sort of you like know, the cancer survivor Entrepreneur of the year, father of the year. Is that what I, it was? It was Employee actually, of the month. I think it was a little tequila, right? So I started with the Diabetes Association because we cycle. So there's the annual Tour de Cure. A um, friend of mine last year was one of the fathers of the year. His daughter works for us and has diabetes. So we were attending the event. And, and after the event, with a little scotch on board, um, we were just talking you know, strategically, and, and somebody started talking about access. I think at that time I had eight or nine clinics. I said, we'll, we'll give away a free screen. Um, one thing led to another to another. The local association got a grant from the National Association to help pay for it. So um, it, it's really worked out to be a really cool program. I'd love to tell you I had this great scheme and this great thought. It was it was a little bit of scotch and a bunch hey, of people around the table. And there you go. That's how it came out. That's what how I write my songs, too. You do? Exactly like that. Well, if I could just have one good idea from smoking weed, does, it, does that work or does it have to be alcohol? Um, I suspect both work. <laughs> okay, both well, will do just it's fine. It's not too late, right? I could have an idea I later. I think there's evidence I've that both heard, of them yeah. work, work just fine. <laughs> hey, were there any drugs involved in the brass strap revelation? Were you drunk or anything? When I you have no comment. <laughs> Sounds like that's <laughs> yes. Take it, taking the fifth. I'm taking the fifth. Truth, do you, do you smoke any fifth. weed or drink any alcohol when you write? <laughs> or is it all not, not cerebral? What month? He's a family man. You <laughs> heard that. <laughs> what, what happened in 1996 that you suddenly stopped? Decided to. Just quit? Yeah. Did you throw it all away? Di- as, still a, have as a it? diabetes screening. Uh, oh, I threw it all away. Threw it all away. Did you do like a ritualistic throw it out? I've done that tons of times. <laughs> yeah, I've done that a lot of times, <laughs> throwing all the drugs away. And then well, the next day, like, damn it. <laughs> no one have to go buy everything again. Out All the truck. paraphernalia and everything, <laughs> you know, the syringes, <laughs> right. you know. Those don't flush very No, really, did you, did you really <laughs> have a ritualistic <laughs> thing or did you just say, you know what, I'm finished with this and threw it away? I just taped it off and this was the day and I stopped. Wow. Yep. And was that from God? Maybe. From Lisa, Lisa sent you a message? Yeah, I was. I, was, I, was I sent a message. <laughs> I was meditating on it, but no, nah, uh, it, was, it was more like uh, a conscious effort to focus on uh, better health. Hmm. Told you, diabetes screening. There you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Hey, you guys, we're going to have to get out of here. Oh, shoot. Wayfair want their tables back to actually serve some people who are, you know, paying customers. Thank you so much. My guests today on Happy Hour have been Lisa McKenzie, Keith LeBlanc, and Truth Universal. Kelsey, Kelsey May has been sitting in for Andrew Duhon. I don't know if he's coming back next week or not. Do you happen to know that, Kelsey? I do not. Okay, we'll find out. Thanks for joining us. Our producer of our show is Graham DuPonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe, Christian Owner as our music director, and Joshua Brown as our music coordinator. The theme song for Happy Hour was written by and is being played currently by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by Pre-Sonus Audio Electronics. 
For more information about their wide range of sound recording equipment and software, you can check them out at presounders.com. If you'd like to be on our show and you can sit upright for about an hour around a table, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. That's neworleans.com, where you can also find many more other happy hours to listen to, along with our other shows, Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace Mindset, with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, True to the Game, with Chris True and Tammy Nelson, Vietnam, our show about the Vietnamese community in New Orleans with the Vietnamese Terry Gross, Kim Vu, and Midnight Menu Plus One, with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Kanata, as well as Louisiana Eats, which you can also find on our show, on our website, it's neworleans.com. You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well, and all of it where it's New Orleans. You can find photos from the show, find out what we all look like sitting around the table here at Wayfair. Uh, on itsneworleans.com and the photos are also on Facebook. Those photos are taken by our fabulous photographer, Douglas Engel. Hey, Douglas. If you're listening to this on iTunes or on Stitcher or on Swell or some other podcast app that you like better, thank you for subscribing to us. If you could, take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Thank you this week to Hangover Destroyer. If you like to drink at night and be able to think next morning, Google Hangover Destroyer or go to hdestroyer.com. Thanks to Petite Pet Care for loving care when you're not there for your pet, that is. Go to petitepetcare.com. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, home of the handcrafted food and spirits, where they put fine dining into a sandwich. Happy Hour is a production of I Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For Andrew Duhon, who may be back next week. Everyone else sitting around here at the table at Wayfair and back at the INO office. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.